The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, here we are. My name is Father Zach. I have had the opportunity to journey with Nicholas and Sarah for about the past year. We've known each other for a little bit longer than that. Um, But when I first met Nicholas and Sarah, I challenged them, and they kind of got a little bit scared. I can be a little bit challenging at times, but the beauty was that the response was great. And our culture often, I, I would presume, and I think the results would say, it's created a lot of soft men who don't respond to challenges, especially when they come from God and for the church. So Nick, I want to thank you for being a great leader for Sarah. And Sarah, I want to thank you for allowing Nick to lead, because if men don't lead, the women do. And we seem to see a bit of a feminized culture and not a healthy culture for vocations, but in particularly the vocation of marriage. And when I first started meeting with Nick and Sarah, They both spoke about the need of having structure in their lives and the the ability to make boxes. And I just want to look at one box that is so crucially important for marriage today. And that box, I want to encourage you as you go forward in your marriage, I'm sure you do already, but to continue to do, is I just want you to make sure on every list you make, that no matter what you do, whether it's a vacation or whether it's your, your week, just make sure the first box is prayer. And just ask yourself, did we pray today? And did we pray for our families? Did we pray for our friends, our coworkers? And then to be radically Christian and do what Jesus said, to pray for our enemies. Prayer ought to be the first box we all make on every single list that we have and invite Jesus into everything. Our culture doesn't want to do that because sometimes we have these false notions of who God is. But as we heard in our second reading today, that God is love. That means his nature is to love. So when people say strange things like God can never love me or God doesn't love me, that's literally impossible. That's not the God that the church believes in. So encouragement is to invite that love and pray before everything you do. And when you have friends over, may they know that your house is a house of prayer. And when you, and when you pray, always focus on the sacraments, and particularly the sacrament of confession, So you can receive mercy to give mercy to one another, but also in a little bit here, you're going to be fed with the body and blood of Jesus. And the church needs you. The church needs you to be witnesses 
And prayer, the one thing that prayer will help you do is it'll help you slow down so you can be present to the present moment. And slowing down will allow you to be more kind, more gentle, and not to allow those little things to make you lose your peace. And I'm sure some of those things might have already started happening as you get closer and closer to this big day. And prayer will also help you open your hearts even more and bend towards things that are what we call recreational. They recreate you so you have healthy leisure in your marriage because there's so many times when people do things we know that aren't right for us and they actually deplete our life and the Lord wants to increase life in you both. So Nick, you talked about liking the boat on Friday nights and Sarah, you said sometimes I like to stay in. So you have to pray. Is it a weekend where we go out? What did our Monday through Thursday look like? Is it going to be recreational to go out or to stay in? And the world will see that witness of you praying before you make decisions because our culture simply needs more authentic couples who pray. And you both have responded. You both have participated in the program called Aremus, which means, in Latin, means let us pray, or they learned how to pray. So we did that. And you took different marriage preparation courses, and you responded to being more involved in the church community because when I met with you first, the one thing I said is, I expect you to be involved in the church because once you get married, it should be just normal at that point. So I want to say thank you for being involved in our parish community and being a witness to me as well. So let us just briefly look at our readings that both of you chose and how they will challenge you to be a couple firstly known as a couple united in prayer. So reading one says, uh, but none proved to be a suitable partner for man. So the Lord, in his wisdom, puts a deep sleep on the man. And while he was asleep, he takes out one of the ribs and closes the rib in its place. And that rib means a lot of things. First of all, it means life, right? He wants to give life to his wife. But also, it says that she is his equal. So if, if, the, if the rib would have, or the bone would be taken from the shoulder, it would have meant that the woman is above man. And if the, rib, or if the bone was taken from the knee, for example, it would have meant that woman is below man. But our God is love, as, you, as we heard. And this passage highlights the importance of us being equal, being made in God's image and likeness, and one that begins with men and women who are committed in mutual loving relationships. And when the two come together, especially in the sacredness of marriage, their connection must be life-giving, and that all relationships to your marriage become secondary Because if the Lord blesses you with children, the temptation is to put your children's life before your marriage, and that is where a lot of marriages fall apart. So always, always know that your marriage, what you do here today, comes first, and your children come second. Our culture would say otherwise, but this is a place of prayer, and it's also a place of truth. The second reading dives into deep Christian mystery and spirituality of love. Love one another, not because of anything we have done or felt, or experienced, except for the fact that God has loved us first. It makes no sense to love a God that you don't know. It makes no sense to love a God just because Father Zach says so, or somebody else in the pews says so. We love God because when we look at that cross, we see that he died for us. And if we were the only person on earth, he would have died for us and offered us life eternity because our God would rather spend eternity with us than without us. Because he loved us first, our response has to be to love others, even when they don't deserve it. And the reading says nothing specifically about marriage, yet marriage has everything to do with love. 
And couples often believe that love has to do with feelings or emotions, and those things will wear away real fast. But when you get get married, you become one. So it's not what I want, it's what we want. And then the mystery of sacramental marriage, marriage in the church, is saying that it takes three to get married. It takes a man, a wife, and Jesus. And Jesus shows us how to lay our lives down for one another, to participate in the Paschal mystery. And in our Gospel reading, the Beatitudes, happiness is not some fantasy or perpetual glee like our culture likes to make it out, but except that happiness, or I would even say joy in the Beatitudes, is found when things are bitter and when they're sweet. So with the Beatitudes comes suffering and sacrifice, and I always argue that without suffering, without sacrifice, without some death to self, Nick, I know you had to give up bowling, and you had to give up different things, and without that suffering, that little sacrifice, and you had to give up times to do RCA and become Catholic, when you had to do that, there's probably a little bit of death inside, because you want to do things, but you have to put your marriage first, you have to put Jesus first, and there's tension there. But that suffering and that sacrifice, I guarantee you, will prove to be fruitful, And all marriages will have good times and bad times as followers of Christ. We are called to consider the spiritual dimensions of the of or the blessedness of all of life's activity, to be grateful in all circumstances. We live a culture that seems to be hell bent on complaining about everything. But if we grow in gratitude and learn that life is not always lollipops and gumdrops, but nonetheless, it is what Jesus said. He said, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself. So you've practiced that, and you've seen the pain of not being always to do what you want to do. But Jesus says, if you want to follow yourself, and how does that, or if you want to deny or follow me, you must deny yourself. doesn't sound too good to 21st century ears. But then he says, pick up your cross and follow me. And you'll notice a difference here, that our culture likes to wear crosses around our necks, Yet we like to complain about the ones on our backs. But our Lord says, be grateful for my invitation. Because as we heard the last readings in our gospel today were, your reward is not here on earth. Your reward will be great in heaven. And again, this passage in the gospel doesn't directly make any connection to marriage. Yet it is the first major discourse in all the gospels where Jesus describes what life will be like for his followers. Yes, there will be joy, but there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of sacrifice, because you have to go against the culture. If we consider ourselves Catholic Christians and we go with the culture, we're going to die. We're going to fall out of relationship with Jesus, and then the the evil one will always remind us that you can never go back. It's too late. But our God, through his invitation of love, is saying every day is a new start. Every day is an invitation from my son to accept that cross that I give you Because I love you so much, I give you a piece of my own cross. So you may know the power of suffering. And we heard that there is a parallel between between Jesus in the beginning of his teaching and couples in married lives. Jesus says, Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The path we are taking in 2019 is not a popular path. Because a lot of people would say, Why would I ever get married in the church? And the answer is because we need grace. We need help. We are too weak. We are not strong. We need the grace of Jesus Christ to remain strong because the sad statistic in our culture right now is one in two marriages end up in divorce. 
and it, and it hurts so many people other than, the, other than the married couple. It hurts the children, it hurts the families, and our Lord says, I will help you if you open your hearts, and you have come here to open your hearts to that. So I want to say thank you for that. You also heard in our gospel reading that blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of my name. Our culture likes to think that men and women are weak if they get married in the church, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Your strength is found in Jesus Christ. Your strength is found in what he did for you on the cross to give you an example. And he, on the cross, Jesus teaches us how to be merciful. He even says things, strange things, such as, Behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. And, he, and you're going to do something in your marriage today that I want to show everyone how, how proud I am of this couple. They have roses on this altar. And after communion, they're going to ask for the Blessed Mother's help. Because Mary teaches us how to accept those crosses. She was there at every major event of Jesus' life. And Nick and Sarah have chosen to place roses in front of the Blessed Mother because she spent majority of her life with Jesus. No one spent more time with Jesus than her. And her name is Hail, full of grace. And we need grace to participate in the divine life of Jesus. And people might make fun of you for that. They might persecute you for that. But you're here to say, I don't care what other people think. I'm here because of Jesus Christ and the truth of who he is and who he claims to be. And the question is, why would you be happy if you are persecuted because you are a follower of Jesus? Because that's what it says in our gospel reading today. And why would you be happy if you are insulted because of being that disciple of Jesus? The answer is because you pray every day together. And prayer will always remind you of the last line of our gospel reading today. Of the good news that, which Jesus proclaims to us, that your reward is not here on earth your reward is in heaven. So that makes your job to sanctify one another and lay your lives down for one another to get each other to heaven, to thank Jesus Christ for bringing you together. And the cross is the example of how we lay our lives down for one another. It's not what I want, it's what God wants. And if we believe that God brought us together, that means he wants you to come to heaven to spend eternity with him. And the rest of your lives, the, the, the challenge is going to be what we're going to do in a second here, which is going to be, what do these vows mean? What do these vows mean? How do I lay my life down for my other one? Because our culture wants to feed our ego, and the Lord wants to deplete it. So it's not my will be done, but it's thy will be done. If you are ready to do God's will, I invite you to come forward to accept the consent of the church and to proclaim to everybody your intentions. So at this time, I'm going to invite you to come down and I'll invite the groomsmen and the the bridesmaids to come forward as we look forward to starting this beautiful day. Thank you.